Opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about having fun and being happy and enjoying life. And, you know, people may say, well, wait a minute, that your genre is resolving conflict. Well, that's exactly the truth, that when you're lighter, when you're happier, your endorphins are are excited and you are feeling better. And when you're feeling better, it's easier to just kind of let something go that doesn't bother you. Or it puts people in a better mood that they can collaborate together. They can work together. And so it's so important that we're happy. And I was at a uh, business networking and I met this wonderful woman, Susan Sherbert, and she gave me a copy of her book. And it's called Grown Ups Don't Skip. Have fun, be happy, enjoy life. And this is really a wonderful book. And we're going to talk about it now. So I'm so thrilled that uh, this, this author is local right here in Orange County, California. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Susan Sherbert's purpose in life is to help people smile. And in addition to Grown Ups Don't Skip, uh, she's written a silver award-winning humor column every month for over 12 years, and she sold over 4,000 copies of a book about short-sheeting a bed to a national bedding chain as their free gift with purchase. And she's written over 50 original corny joke e-books, five humor e-books, and she has been the humor columnist for several magazines. And you can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see her picture and her bio and a picture of her book. And also you can sign up for her blog at funhappyenjoy.com. So thank you so much, Susan. It was great to meet you, and it's fun to have this have you on our show. Hi. No, I'm glad to be there. All right. So let's, let's talk about the essence of your book. Um, yeah, I always like to start with a, a story that I call the scary jelly bean because um, it really describes what my book is all about. Um, my book is about what we need to do to learn to kind of think like that little four-year-old, that that excited little four-year-old that's full of creativity and imagination. And the story I like to tell is in the movie Harry Potter, they had a thing called um, every flavor jelly bean. 
and they were jelly beans that dirt, grass, sardines, literally every every flavor jelly bean. And um, I happened to find a box of these one day, and I had a, I think it was Thanksgiving, and I had a whole group of adults sitting around my table, and I always like to play and do fun things. So I started putting all of the jelly beans in a bowl, and um, I couldn't tell the difference between the speckles on the tutti frutti and the speckles on the vomit. They both look the same. But I put put them all in the bowl, and I've tried the vomit, and it's bad. So I put them all in the bowl. And now, if I'd handed that bowl to a little four-year-old, they'd be excited. They'd take one. They'd hope they get the tutti fruity. If they got the vomit, oh, yeah, I got the bad one. You know, And they'd just be excited, and it would be a fun adventure. Right. But if I hand that bowl of jelly beans to these adults, they don't even want to take one. Just the fact there's one bad bean in the whole bowl, <laughs> they resist, they don't want to play, they don't want to have anything to do with it because there's one scary jelly bean. And so my whole point in my book is when life presents you those flavorful bowl of opportunities, do you react like that excited little child that wants to play and join in and have a good time, or do you act like the fearful adults that we've grown up to become? Yes. And so that's sort of the whole essence of the book. We need to have more fun because we need to get back to that creative, excited, fun little four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, think like a child, but act like an adult. Right. Yeah. So children can be so imaginative. What, what role does imagination play when it comes to having fun? Uh, imagination is the first thing, thing to go as, as, adu- as adults. You know, you you have all, I mean, as kids, you have all kinds of creative, fun things, and as adults, it's that you can't do that, no, no, and all of the negativity that gets brought in, that we just we just forget about the imagination, and, and it gets stuck, um, and one of the things I think that's really interesting about imagination is, I, in my book, I do a whole thing about the boogeyman, and the fear, and imagination is a huge force, and it can be used either for the positive or the neg- negative. Right. And so your, your fears or the boogeyman are really just your imagination. Yes. So why not use your imagination for the positive side, like kids, and imagine you know, all of the good things as opposed to using your imagination creating things that you know, aren't ever going to happen. Right. And so, you know, I think of all the people who are great inventors, you know, and people who create new apps, they're using their imagination. And so um, I took a class actually at the InSpirit Center that uh, Court Curtis had taught, and it was an improv class. And then you have to use your imagination, right? Yeah. Because you just, that you have to make it up as you go along and you have to try and, you know, meet whatever that that idea is and, and play with it. And so that was I think playing an improv game is just really a fun way to do it. And then we had a party, and we were all doing improvisation. And, boy, I felt like a kid. I laughed so hard, you know, just being silly and making up crazy things. And so yeah, that, that's perfect, a great thing to do. It's a perfect example because on my website I have this little video, and it, it kind of sh- talks about the imagination. And the first kind of round, you're timid and, and the imagination isn't there, but if right. you just play with it and give it a little bit of time to go, it starts to come out. It's amazing how the adults can, if you let it go, that imagination will come out. Right. But some people are even, were fearful at the party to, to be part of the improv. They wanted to like sit back and let everybody else do it. And uh, I thought that was interesting. That gets back to that fear of being judged, yes. right? Yes. There's a lot of fears. I, I have a whole 
chapter of my book about facing your fears. Yeah, and and I love that that uh, acronym fear is false expectation appearing real. F E A R. So sometimes we have these fears that hold us back from having the kind of fun that we want to have. And if we're having fun, we aren't so negative. And if we're not so negative, then we don't get into such conflict, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things uh, I, I, I do with, with, I mean, people are afraid of things that are just, just not, not true. Um, in my book, I talk about sort of the five different fears. And one of the major fears is the fear of judgment and fear of looking yes. silly. Yes. I mean, I can ask people, are you afraid to have fun? People, no, they're not afraid, um, have, they're not afraid to have fun. But I say, look, if I asked you to put on a silly hat and walk around the room, would you be afraid of what people think? Yeah. yeah, they're afraid to get hurt. They're afraid of all kinds of things. And when it comes to your conflict and resolutions, one of the things I, I realize is if you were that little four-year-old and you're like on a play date and you walk into the room, you, you just walk into the room and you play. You, you don't worry about it. But as an adult, you walk into the room and you're afraid of the conflict. Will somebody judge me? Right. Is there someone going to dislike me? You have all of these judgments and guilt and all kinds of things that you bring into the room with you that creates conflict that you brought in with you. Exactly. You, know, you brought the conflict into the room. It wasn't there. You know, with a child, it's not personal. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's just with an adult, it's, it's you know, what are you looking at me for? What's this? They just right. have so many things that, that that create the conflict that that little innocent child just doesn't see. Yes. You have here, yeah, you have in your book, and again, I'm going to say the name of your book, Grown-Ups Don't Skip, Have Fun, Be Happy, and Enjoy Life, and that we're talking with Susan Sherbert, and yeah, you have four reasons why we fear fun, the fear of change or unknown, mm-hmm. the avoidance of psychological pain, avoidance of physical pain, and then, you know, wanting to, being the fear of, of feeling guilty about something, too, so yeah. all yeah. those are just, you know, that's all the psychological junk that we bring with us that if we can, I guess to be in a safe place to do it is another thing. If you can, um, like, if you're with a, a bunch of people that you trust, it's easier to let go of those things and just play, you know, play a game and, and play the improv or, or be silly or do something crazy. But how can a little four-year-old go into the room and doesn't have that? A yeah. four-year-old, they just go and play. You look at a play date, oh, a bunch of kids. Yeah, they're not. You know, they're not worried about it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we have to we have to shed all that stuff to have that fun. Well, well, how can adults learn then to find their passion and their dreams again? Let's say they had it and they've kind of let them go, and then they're they're not happy anymore. Um, the passion and dreams goes back to the imagination and the fact that you have to have to imagine it. And mm-hmm. one of the things is in in the book, I have a real interesting story about golf, and I was talking about. You had to, you have to find your dream. And I was going through one of these growth phases where I need a dream. I need like a lifetime goal. So one day I decided I'd just taken up golf and I says, "I'm going to golf every golf course in California." <laughs> that became my dream. I'm, I was excited about this, yeah, and so yeah. I thought, "Oh, that's great." So I took this one little idea and I went to very excitedly. I went to my golf buddies, who are reality-based grown-ups. And I said to them, look, I'm going to golf every golf course in California. And what do these re- adults do? They squash your dream. You can't do that. Do you know how many, adult, how many golf courses you have to play? How are you going to get on to all those private courses? And the, 
as adults, we squash those dreams. Yes. We don't mean to. We're trying to be helpful, but we just don't let the dreams happen. And so what I did is I said to my friends, look, it's my dream. I'm going to do it. I don't care what you say. I have to have the strength to hold on to my dream because it's my dream. Exactly. I went out and I bought a book, 864 courses in this book. And so that now is my dream, 864 courses. Once my friends realized that I became, that I'm going to do the dream without them, yeah. They become believers in my dream. Yes. And then they say, hmm, I wonder who I know who can get you onto that private course. Right. Oh, let's go play a different course that you haven't played before. Yeah. But the initial reaction is to just squash the dreams. Yeah. And you see it over and over and over again. And so that's one of the things is if you have that imagination and creativity, uh, allow that time to grow. Yes. And stick with it. It's your dream. You keep that dream alive. Doña Quixote, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just I recently read in the paper about this 66-year-old woman who had a dream her whole life that she would swim from Cuba to Florida. Oh, okay, wow. to Miami, right? Wow. And um and she just recently did it. And it was shark-infested waters. There were all these jellyfish. She she drank the first day. I think it took her two or three days. The first day she and you know inadvertently drank some seawater, which made her vomit. So she vomited the whole first day. Ooh. And but she just said it's almost like that little engine that said, "I think I can. I yeah. think I can." Yeah. She just said, "This is my dream. I'm going to do it." And I think that that whole conviction. That that belief, like you were talking about, that you're going to do 800 and something golf courses, or she was going to do this. How inspiring is that? Is that not giving up? Here they said, "Oh, you're too old, you know, to do it at 66." And she just said, "I'm I'm going to do it," and she was determined, and she did it. And, and just, that's great. And and the whole point is, you you just it doesn't even matter whether you accomplish the dream. I think it makes a big difference to your your mental status if you have a dream. Right. You know, that, that oh, okay, someday I, I can do this. I, I, maybe I can't do it right now. But it's that you put that little seed in your head, and the little seed of a dream festers and festers and begins to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you don't have that dream or if you don't leave the dream the possibilities, right? then you don't give it room to grow. Exactly. And so get that, whatever that little teeny tiny thing is that you like, that you find, you know, enjoyable, Keep that. Keep that as a seed, and that's what I'm going to do. And even back to the conflict, I'm not going to let anybody get my way. I'm not, you know, I, it's my and dream. And I don't even so. need to fight about it, because if they don't like my dream, it's not their dream. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you want to have conflict. It's your dream. People don't, you know, see the same thing as yeah. you. So, so you know. If they, if they put your dream down, you don't have to take it personally. Just say, okay, that's the way you see it. Wait till you see what I do. Right. right? And then eventually they will come around to it and, yes. and, and they'll resolve it. But, you know, at, at first they don't get it. They don't understand it. But it doesn't matter because it's your dream, not theirs. Right. Well, you know, a lot when people are under stress, that's when a lot of conflict occurs, right? And so what can grown-ups do and learn from the kind of the childlike innocent thinking that would make their lives less stressful? Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is it's nothing personal. Um, I have a thing where I talked to somebody, she was going out on a first date. And as adults, you go out on a first date, mm, I wonder if this person is that, I wonder if this person is that. They look for the long-term relationship. Will that person make a good father? Will <laughs> and I said to her, I said, think of it as a play date. You go, you have fun, you enjoy the day, and you go home. Right. 
no strings attached. Right. It's not a personal failure. It's not a long-term relationship. Can't you just go and enjoy the moment? You know, if you're just in that now, just take the time and enjoy it. If it works out and then you can, you know, do stuff later, great. But whatever it is, just enjoy it now. Yes, your happiness doesn't really depend on anybody else, right? And and that's, I think, part of what you're trying to teach in this, too, is just, you know, you can be happy even if someone you're with is not happy. But if we're, if we're talking about the happiness, part of the happiness is, um, happiness is a big, long, long journey. And, and you can't always be happy, but you can have great moments of fun. And yeah. moments of joy. And if you can string enough of those small moments of happiness and, uh, you know, fun and joy together, you may eventually be happy. Yes. Yeah. So when you were talking about a play date and we talk about coming back to this issue of, of really preventing escalated conflict and having a more peaceful life and, and being able to resolve conflict even before it rears its head too much, you know, because there's always different perspectives. How can adults learn to get along better with each other just from, you know, kind of reading your book? Um, in my book, I have a chapter. It's called Fart and Giggle. And um, I almost didn't include it, but the whole point of the chapter is to find the common bond in another human being. Yes. And everybody farts, you know, and you, you burp, you do other things too, you know, but, but we, and we all do it. And it shouldn't be, you know, for kids it's funny and for adults some people find it funny, some people find it rude, but it, it, it's the common bond. And so the whole point is to talk to other people, meet them, and find the common bond. Yes. Um, one of the things that I do is when I go to a business networking, everybody always says, so what do you do? I'm like, I really don't, and they'll tell me, I'm an accountant, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm a, you know attorney or whatever. And I'm like, I, I just asked you what you did, and you told me what you did for a living. I want to know what you did for fun. Right. What do you do? What's your passion? And so if you can find that common ground and say, oh, I like to cook. Oh, well, I like to cook too. You, you just completely changed the direction of everything. So if you want to get along better with somebody, you need to find not what's wrong and not what the difference is, but what's that common thread that you both have. Yes. And, you know, you can be in a room and somebody, oh, I'm from Chicago. You're from Chicago. Really? Oh, wow. And that's a completely different concept. Yes. Once yes. you do find that common, common ground. Yeah, and you know what? We all have that, you know, if we look for it. We, we, yeah, but you do have to look for it. That's, yeah. the, that's the key is you yeah. have to look for the common right. bond. Right, right. But we're so stuck on the differences. Yes. That we've, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not looking at the layer below. What's, what do we have in common? So that that's different. You know, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What's that common bond? And, you know, when I do a lot of professional speaking, and, of course, I teach, and, and I even end up teaching in mediation. I'm teaching them how to get along with each other and how to resolve conflict. But what I noticed is... If I can bring up some humor, and the humor usually is more self-deprecating so that I don't step on anybody's toes. But I think if you can, like, you know, your whole book is is premised on having fun, that even in the midst of something 
like a a difficult situation, whether it's, you know, trying to resolve conflict, if you can bring a little bit of humor in that breaks the ice, that everybody giggles together, it's like your chapter on giggling together. If you can giggle together on something, or even if they can laugh at me, oh my goodness, look what I did, you know, or something like that, that everybody can kind of laugh. And, and if I can be vulnerable and laugh about it, then that helps other people to be vulnerable and laugh about it. And as soon as you laugh together, it breaks the ice and it's easier to resolve conflict. That's that's what I've learned well, in my it's old age. Huge, I mean, it's absolutely a super valid point because one of the things I say a lot is it, it's impossible to be sad or depressed and smile at the same time. Mm. So if you're laughing, you're smiling, and you for that one moment that you're smiling, you, you it's impossible to be that sad, depressed, angry, you know, person. I talk about a funeral. You, you, your people are sad and hurt, and and those a lot of negative feelings at the funeral. But you laugh and you smile at all of the good moments. Yes. So even in the monks of a funeral, for that moment that you're laughing or smiling or 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 you know enjoying yourself, you're not that sad or depressed. Yes. You go back to it in two minutes. But for that one moment, you have that relief. Yeah, you have the loss, but if you can laugh about the times. I remember even for my sister's funeral and my father's funeral, my mother's funeral, I remember getting up and telling some funny stories, really some funny stories, and that we could all share and laugh with those memories. Yeah, we have the loss, but we have those beautiful memories. We can look for the good, look for the happiness in it. And uh, yeah, I, I think that makes a huge amount of difference. I don't know why people are afraid of fun. What do you think that's all about? Well, happiness and sad coexist. You know, you know, fun and happy, they both, they both co- coexist at the same time. Right. And so the fears, you know, come from the, the just people are so, uh, you know, afraid of things and, and just happiness is, like I said earlier, happiness is a long-term project. So just enjoy, you know, at the funeral. Okay, be sad, but but embrace the happy moments too. Are they, are it's okay to be afraid? happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, but I'm thinking like you know that I've seen people that they they don't want to have fun, and you know I have to practically kick them in the butt and say let's go have fun, and oh I don't want to do it. You know, or is it because they're afraid of of being judged, or or what is it like? You know, I, I mean, I'm one of those people that likes to have fun. So I'm with you 100%, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have fun no matter what I'm doing. And I'll, I'll do something crazy or, you know, even at our um, business networks, I like to give out free things because I I get vicarious thrills and I have fun. Sure, you know? yeah. And, and yeah. so, you know, I just, I have a little bit of a problem understanding why people are afraid of fun. It, they are. They they don't they don't want to judge. They don't want to get hurt. I mean, one of the things that um, I talk about is there's some people that are out having fun, and there's some people that sit home and you know are waiting for somebody to knock on the door and say, "Can you come out and and play?" And so if you want to have fun, you have to go out and have fun. The people out having fun are out having fun because they're out having fun. Yes, they're not at home. So uh, I think a New Year's resolution. I wrote a very, very simple New Year's resolution, and I did it one year, and it was amazing. And it said, if you're invited to a party or an event, say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hesitate. If you hesitate, you'll find an excuse right. not to go. So for one year, it was, my resolution was: if I was invited, unless I had a major reason not to go, 
Yeah. I, I said yes and I showed up. And it made a big difference in my life because I you know, I didn't give myself the excuse. I I went. I showed up. Exactly. I was there. <laughs> exactly. Showing up is half of it, right? <laughs> yeah. And you, and you never know who you're going to meet. It could change your entire life. I talk about a party. The only purpose of a party is for people to get together and have fun. Whoever's hosting it, you're giving basically free food and free, you know, socializing. Right. And people won't go. Right. And you're having a party and you won't go. Somebody's giving you free fun and entertainment and you won't go? Yeah. Oh, uh, that, that's, you know, so... Like I said, the New Year's resolution was if somebody invites you, say yes. Yeah. Now, how about age? You know, some people, as we're getting older, and I'm I'm one of those AARP members, so mm-hmm. I can relate. Um, of course, I, I think of, I think like a teenager, so that's a problem, I guess, for some no, people. No, it's good. You think like a teenager, that's good. You need to act like that adult, but think like that teenager. Well, I sometimes I act like a teenager, too, so. Uh. <laughs> that's okay, too, as long as that's appropriate. That's yeah, good. I recently saw the Jersey Boys, and I sang along to all the songs, oh, you know, because and it was it was fun. It was fun, and I, I was transported back to my you know, to my teens, you know, or to that time. And uh, I had read that there was a study at Harvard several years ago that they took people who were, you know, in their 70s and 80s, and they put them into um, like a little retreat for the weekend. And they played the music from their, you know, from when they were young. Oh, nice. And they did everything. Well, they found that their blood pressure went down, um, their their triglycerides went down. Their their uh, it was just amazing. Their blood pressure went down. It was actually a Harvard study that saw that when people actually got themselves into that, that they thought younger, they actually were younger. Wow, that's amazing. That it, it is. So I I wonder how you feel about that about age and um, one it, of the things is there are limitations as you get older. There definitely are limitations. Uh, you know, there are just certain things you cannot do. But just because you can't do them doesn't mean you can't participate in another way. I mean, one of the things I talk about is I had a, an older uncle and he was blind with Parkinson's, mm. but he loved to participate in life. And one of the games that we always play at, at, at 4th of July and a lot of holidays is the, the um, bocce ball where you, and you have a little tiny ball that you throw out in the grass and then everybody tries to, to do it. Right. His job, I would sit him in a chair on the side of the field and his job was to throw that ball out in the middle of the field. All right. So even though he was older and he had blind and he was Parkinson's, he still got to play. He still got to participate. He was still part of the game. It wasn't the same same because of the limitations that you do have as you get older. Right. So you just have to sort of adjust it a little bit, but you can still play. You can still have a, a good time. I was, uh, there was a story about a woman who was, like, afraid of boats, and one day she realized, oh, if I put on a life jacket, I could actually go out and have a good time. So it's just making those little adjustments. Yes. You know, whether, you know, you're afraid of getting hurt. Yeah, you definitely could get hurt, but you need to stretch. You need to, you know, there's things that you can do to, to, to help so yeah. you can still play or be involved. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So any last advice to help us get in touch with the emotions, the, those childlike emotions and enjoy life? Um, one of the things is I have, I'm starting to kind of contemplate another book. And I, one of my questions is, what's wrong with rose-colored glasses? Right. The child can see the world through those rose-colored glasses, and I'm wondering what we need to do to get back 
to seeing the world in a positive light, mm-hmm. to changing things, to seeing, I do a thing about, it's not, it's not a problem, it's an obstacle. Yeah, it's a challenge, oh, right? Yeah. But obstacles, you move, you go around. Yeah. Where problems are so heavy and, and you know, crisis, but it's not. It's, right. it's, it's an obstacle, and I will get around it, and, and we'll make adjustments. That's and why I like to say challenge, because a challenge sounds exciting. Like, this is a challenge. I'm going to go through this challenge. I'm going to be triumphant. So that's kind of how I feel. it. Instead of when I'm in mediation and I don't talk about problems, I go, I know this has been a challenge for you, so how are we, how are we going to get through this, you know? So that yeah, words are very powerful. Yeah, How and it's being able use... to see the positive on the other side. If you're all you're seeing is that negative, you're you'll never get through it. Yes, yes. You know, so well, if you have a conflict or whatever it is, you have to be able to see that solution. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. Can you give us something to smile about? Maybe a corny joke to leave us with. I actually wrote one for you this morning. Oh, good. And it, it's not really well. I'll tell you too. My first corny joke is what's um, what's the fastest way to become a vegetarian. Not eat meat. I don't quick know. cold turkey. <laughs> oh, quick cold turkey. That's but nice. here's one for your conflict and resolution. Okay. Life's too short, so why not just get along? <laughs> Very cute. Well, thank you so much. And why don't you just give your website, and it's going to be time for us to go. Uh, the website is funhappyenjoy.com. And the name of the book is Grown Ups Don't Skip, Have Fun, Be Happy, Enjoy Life by Susan Sherbet. Thank you, Susan. We'll see you soon. Great. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. See our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and write us about what you would like to know about healing conflict in your own life. Thanks. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.